Hey everyone, it's Ty, and welcome back to the TKT Sports Podcast. And just like the last episode, I'm joined alongside Ty and Cameron. Boys, how you guys doing? Can't complain, can't complain. Edmonton to the Western Conference Finals, Tampa to the Eastern Conference Finals. Again, we are in uh, Cameron's office. Yeah, yeah and um, pretty excited that the Oilers are moving on for the first time since 2006. Uh, it's something I know all fans are very proud of uh, after the series we played against Calgary. Well, well one of the favorite uh, cup contenders coming into this uh, playoffs this year. So we pulled off a pretty big upset there. It was five games. Sure, uh, some of the Salty Flames fans might complain that uh, that goal uh, actually counted. But from what I can see, all the people voting for it on Sportsnet for it to be a goal did not play hockey. Kevin Bieksa and I forget the other ladies' yeah, name. Bieksa. They both yeah. voted for it against it being a goal. And they've actually played a game of hockey, right? And and what I can see is you don't – they're, they're right. They play hockey. You don't – put your inside leg and kick that that puck like that, right? So I'm just – overall, I'm just proud of the Oilers. They're playing awesome right now. I'm proud, I'm proud, like, the depth is scoring. Everybody's contributing, whether it's four minutes on the ice. Like, I watched the uh, Jay Woodcroft interview today, and he was uh, explaining everybody on that team has, like, a certain role in it, and it seems like everybody's just clicking and rolling right now. You can't, you can't beat a – solid calgary team without everybody on board right so hopefully they can carry this into the western conference finals for sure cameron like absolutely the oilers are on a roll right now um i feel pretty good about them just seeing what zach hyman's been doing and evander kane and even mike smith and i um we'll get into like the playoff matchups but um there's a lot of a lot of things to talk about because um, in my opinion this has been one of the most entertaining playoffs that i've probably ever watched in my life there's been a lot going on and a few upsets, but I think just a lot of close um, matchups between teams, and that's and that's like the thing that a lot of hockey fans are looking for. So, yeah. I think just to start off, let's kind of review um, round one of the playoffs. So, um, we we would we already went over our brackets. So, um, I think we went six for eight on our combined bracket. the the two The two teams that broke it was um, St. Louis beating Minnesota, and um, was it. Carolina beating Boston. Yeah. On our combined brackets. So just reviewing those series, um, I picked the Wild because I really thought that they had a little bit more. um, I thought they were going to have a little bit more scoring from um, like guys like Fiala, Zuccarello, but um, Fiala was probably one of the most disappointing players in the first round. He's my ghost candidate for contributing the least from his expectations. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, no, I think that's 100% fair enough. I definitely expected him to produce more. I mean, he he had a good regular season, but it doesn't really matter if you can't make it past the first round, right? Uh, Well, I think one of the reasons why St. Louis won was they decided to go with the more reliable option in joining Bennington in the playoffs, and he ended up going 3-0. So... When the Wild were up 2-1, they decided to um, flip it around and put Bennington in instead of Huso, and the the Blues went, went on to win three streets. So do you think that if St. Louis didn't decide to put Bennington in that, the Wild would have won against St. Louis in the series? No. <laughs> Why? I knew it all That's along. Uh, St. Louis has a firepower. Like, sure, they lost to uh, – you're right, you're right. 
Bennington did make a difference, but they also have offensive depth. They had uh, defensive guys stepping up. I watched a few games, like Colton Pareko. He was, he, he was playing good. And the, the clips that I watched and stuff like that, he's playing awesome. Uh, I don't know what happened with Tory Krug there or something. Did he get injured or something? But he was back in the lineup too as well. Um, to be honest, I don't know any of the other <laughs> defense. I know Falk was also stepping yeah, up. Yeah, Falk. Krudovic. Um, Krudovic. Um, you, you had like a bunch of scoring from uh, Perron. Oh, Perron, O'Reilly yeah. He's was been locking up a bunch of guys. Um, yeah, I Tyru mean, was producing. So you had you had a bunch of guys contributing. They just didn't. They don't have that. They're not that like caliber. The same caliber as uh, Avalanche. So they're going to go in as massive underdogs against the Avalanche, right? So it's it's it makes sense as to why they lost and won that first round because the difference between them and Minnesota. I wouldn't say is as much between them and uh, Colorado, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm happy that they won that first round. I, I saw it coming, but you know, nobody wanted to listen you know, to me. I think in a tight matchup, I think goaltending's the tiebreaker. So when Mark Andre Fleury was, I'd say putting up a below average performance for what he should be doing, I think St. Louis was destined to win that series. So. Um, I think the Wilds star players really, other than Kaprizov, who had an outstanding performance in the first round, putting up seven or I think seven or eight goals in the series. Yeah, he did his job. I think Fiala, his um, side man in Fiala, he, I think he only put up two or three points. So, like I said, he was a ghost, and um, the um, the Wild really needed him, and he wasn't there. So, St. Louis deservedly won that series. They had more help from guys like Kairou, Perron, O'Reilly. And like what Cameron said, they, they just had a little bit more offensive depth and their goaltending was better. So, um, I mean, it made, it made, it makes sense for why they won that series. Yeah. Like I'd say both teams are very deep. Like they have really good teams, but just either of them, if they faced up against the Avs, I don't think either of them would have won. Just the Avs have too much superpower. And, uh, I don't think either team could have competed with them anymore. And uh, one thing I want to add is that the, the Blues, um, their uh, offensive scoring, like, I'd say is, it's not as, like, they don't have the same caliber players as Minnesota, right? They have they have O'Reilly and Perron. They're, they're not, but they play a simple game of hockey because yeah. they don't have as much skill as them, right? So it forces them to play simple. And, man, simple works a lot in the playoffs, right? A simple, tough game of hockey. You had Barbashev running around laying out hits and I don't know if he had any goals but he I I feel like he sure made an impact in that series yeah and there's another team that kind of had a similar playoff run with um, the Minnesota Wild where their star players didn't really show up and you might already know what team we're talking about but we'll get to that later so moving on to the um to the other series where our prediction was wrong it was the the Bruins and the Hurricanes now as a combined group we picked the Bruins in seven right yeah and um, I mean, just seeing how that went, I thought Bruins had the goaltending advantage with Freddie Anderson out, but I learned pretty quickly that Olmark kind of sold it for the Bruins there. Yeah, I mean, all the of us knew it was going to be a close series all the way to the end. Honestly, could have probably gone either way. Uh, Carolina ended up taking it, though. I think that's just depth again. To be a good playoff team, to go on a deep run, you're going to need depth. And I don't know, I guess they just didn't show up. Boston didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, it could have gone either way. That 
those last 20 seconds of this game seven <laughs> so close. just inch game of inches right uh yeah but it went carolina's way and i i think it's for the better if you if you if we don't want to three-peat from the tampa bay lightning right uh, so we'll get to that but um i have to say anti ranta filled in pretty nicely for freddie anderson he's basically doing everything he can to give carolina a chance and um, I think players like Sebastian Ajo and um, even even their defensemen, I think the biggest reason why they won was actually their defenseman, um, Slavin and Tony D'Angelo were amongst the, the two leading defensive scorers in the first round. And when you have a really strong decor like Carolina, that gives you just another advantage over the Bruins. Yeah. So I would say in the playoffs, defense wins championships. And so far, that's really been proven in the playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, even... Uh, we were doing those simulations on NHL 22 earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think the Bruins took Carolina, and I'd say, what, maybe 60 70% of the matchups? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the Washington Capitals were even taking the, the Panthers, but I think that's a little bit um, out of what's realistic. Yeah. So, I don't know, is there anything else you guys want to add to those two matchups? No, I think we're good to move it all. Right, so I think we should just um, quickly finish off with some some of the other matchups in the first round. So who was your guys' surprise player or like the first round MVP? Evander Kane. Really? Yeah. A surprise player or MVP? Surprise player. Surprise player. So just explain Evander Kane and um, how how much he impacted the Oilers in the first round? Well, I mean, he impacted them a lot, and just coming off what happened in San Jose with his wife and all the drama and stuff, to see him have a season like this, playoff run like this, I just find insane. What he's leading the playoffs in goals right now, one of the leaders in hits. Like, yeah, that's he, playoff value right there, and he's the perfect guy to put alongside McDavid. Who, I mean, he he's such a good player for his teammates. He sets them up, but. It's just having the players to um, basically help McDavid. And that's something that we've struggled to find. And Kane's been that, um, he's been that piece of the puzzle for us. So, yeah, I, I can't really disagree with that. So, yeah, I would have gone with McDavid, but just to be different, I have, uh, I'll go with David Perron and his goal scoring. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty critical for uh, St. Louis because they knew they'd have to be good at finishing against Minnesota. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, I don't think had his best performance, but also, yeah, David Prawn is one of like the he's an elite finisher. He can put the puck in the net. Uh, he was near the top of the goals, I think, uh, in the first round. Um, I just I think he was. I don't. I didn't say he was a, like a surprise player, but he definitely exceeded expectations. So right. That's why. I, yeah, that's what happened. For yeah, me. one player I wanted to highlight as like one of my surprise players was Philip Deneau on the LA Kings. He did a really good job shutting down um, Drysaddle McDavid, and he made it really hard for their power play and their their offense to score goals. So I give a lot of respect to him on the defensive side of things, and the same thing goes for um, Anze Kopitar. They, they, I mean, they they pushed Edmonton to seven games, and um, just based on the expectations going in, that's that's quite a remarkable achievement for them. So those are two guys I'd like to highlight. And my surprise candidate is um, Slavin, the defenseman on the Kings, who I already talked about. He put up eight points in the first round, and he's he's known as a defensive player. So putting up a point per game is quite impressive. And 
really valuable in the playoffs. So that's my surprise candidate. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we can move on to the next round. We don't really have to cover the top. Well, yeah, no, we, we, we no, can we move don't. on to this yeah. next round, this second round here. But I think one player we have to talk about is Jake Ottinger. He had one of the, the most outstanding playoff performances in playoff history. He, I think he put up a 950, 940 save percentage in the seven games. And I think only allowed 13 goals in seven games against one of the top offenses. So, um, yeah, Jake Ottinger is my first-round MVP. Yeah, sad to see uh, his team not play up to his standards. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he kind of got let down in the playoffs by guys like Rupe Hintz. He didn't have a terrible playoffs, but I feel like it could have been better considering the season he just had. Yeah, I mean, in, in the Game 7, I think it, um, it was 2-2 going into the overtime, and the shots were like 55-25. to 25. So... I mean, you no one can single-handedly carry a team, but he was pretty close to doing that. Yeah. So that's just that's one player I really wanted to highlight. Yeah, looking like a young playoff Vassy. Yeah, pretty close. All right, I think we are good to move on to the second round. I mean, either than Toronto and Tampa, but... <laughs> we all know how that went yeah, down. Uh, um, Toronto's never um, winning the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. It's a, I think we all everybody knows about that, so... Yeah, we had a little scare there. What Tampa went down three one or three two? Three two. Three two, yeah, that was but I wasn't worried because I knew yeah. the Leafs were probably gonna choke again. Yeah. Not a Leaf hater, but um it's pretty hard to bet against Tampa Bay winning yeah. a playoff series. So anyways, let's move on to round two and we're gonna just kinda go over our bracket. So um at the time of this recording all the matchups have been concluded other than the Carolina and New York matchup, which is going to game seven on Monday, I believe. Uh, yeah, Monday. I believe. And yeah, it's 3-3 and um, the Rangers just won today. So um, my initial prediction going into round two was that Florida was going to beat Tampa Bay in seven games. And look what happened. But even you thought Tampa or Florida had a chance. Yeah, you thought. I Florida thought Florida had a chance, had a chance but like you're talking about nobody. I guarantee you there was not one single person in the world that thought Tampa was going to sweep. Not even a biased Tampa. I did. Yeah, not, I no, even did not. Yeah. no, you even not, said on the last yeah, episode. You, you guys that. can rewind and watch the last episode, but I mean, here's my logic for why I picked them in seven. So last playoff, Florida lost in six to Tampa. This year they added Giroux. Ekblad returned, and they also added, um, what's his name? Um, Reinhardt. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's three additions there. Tampa Bay lost Giroux. They also lost Coleman. Wait, what do you mean they lost Giroux? Or Gord, Yanni Gord, Yanni Gord. <laughs> sorry, Yanni Gord. They lost Yanni Gord to Seattle, and they also lost They didn't uh, have Coleman. point. The whole and they didn't even have point, point either. So, yeah. like I said, if Florida won in six, or sorry, if Tampa Bay won in six last year, I thought that the, it was going to be a lot closer this year just based on the additions and loss for both teams. So seeing that Florida somehow got swept, um, it's, I mean, other than Vasilevsky playing really good and Tampa Bay's power play, um, I can't really think of how they got swept. I, I, I am. So last year we saw the most physical and probably the best series of the playoffs between those two teams, right? This year, the game... Um, Tampa Bay slowed it down. They used their skill to their advantage because they, as you can see, the top players on Florida wasn't uh, or weren't performing. Right. Um, 
they used their skill to advantage. Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman leading the team. Uh, Bassi carrying the team. Um, so they had just an overall better performance from their individuals, I'd say. Um, Florida forgot to bring their A game and their physical game, yeah. I'd say. The physical game was much less noticeable. And a lot, I feel like Tampa Bay, it, they can weather, but you can only weather so much physical contact because a lot of their guys are tough guys. Don't get me wrong, they're skip, but they're also skilled guys. So if you take the body, you're taking you're taking away their chances. Um, I think Florida's defensive game was decent, but it wasn't as good as it was last year. Uh, but I, I'd say the big thing I noticed was that physical game, tight checking game. There were barely any room on the ice to make any plays. You let Tampa Bay make plays. You let them make passes. You saw Kucherov dangle uh, Ekblad. You, you make, like, I don't know what he was thinking there, but you let them walk around you like that. They're winning the series. And it, to me, the way they were playing, it was no surprise that they swept them. I would have thought I expected yeah. much more from Florida Panthers this year. And game. even just talking about, like, the f- defensive additions, they got Sherry got, and um, they added other defensemen too. So I thought Florida had the defensive advantage, but just watching especially game number three, Florida had many scoring opportunities, and guys like Hedman and McDonough, they were blocking key shots that should have been goals. Yeah. So in the playoffs, I mean, we know Tampa Bay to be um, an offensive team, but I think they beat Florida also on the defensive end too. Yeah, I mean, I'd even go as far to say that uh, Florida has almost like a little mental block now right? Mm-hmm. with uh, getting out of the second round. But, yeah, I mean, I think we covered everything that went on in that series. I mean... President that, Trophy's curse. I yeah, guess President Trophy's curse, even. Yeah. But, yeah, I think now we can talk about the matchup that we we wanted to. Yeah. The Battle of Alberta. Sure, we'll I go to that one. Like, the other... We had the Battle of Florida, but I think the, Alberta, the Battle of Alberta kind of took the headlines. <laughs> Everyone was um, focusing on the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, after the first game... I won't lie to you, I thought we were done. They outworked us the whole time. I mean, Mike Smith let in two goals at the beginning of the game. First minute. <laughs> a huge morale killer for us. But yeah, it's pretty tough to come back. Yeah, Edmonton persevered, and look where we are now. Man, that just shows you the resiliency of the, the, the organization, yeah. the club, though. The players individually, um, none of them gave up. Nobody. Uh, ev- no no matter, passengers. Yeah. No passengers. No passengers at all. I... I Trying to think of players that had a bad game. Everybody, sure, there are some players that excelled during and found their game and brought it to another level during these uh, this round. But right. there is also everybody else. Just nobody was passenger. Um, and I'll give uh, credit to the coaching staff, Jay Woodcroft. He knew who to play, who to, against who, um, when to play him, how much to play him. He made a lot of big decisions, flipping players around. So yeah. a lot of these things made a huge impact. Just. In the, the latest game, flipping Kane and Hyman around made a massive impact, right? So um, big uh, ups to the the coaching staff and everybody that wasn't a player and helped uh, Edmonton win that series because, man, that wasn't an easy series at no, all. I think it's a really good thing getting blown out. If you're going to get blown out in a game, it's best if it happens in game one. You can learn a lot from that, and it honestly brought the Oilers players closer together. Their team chemistry was I think the best it's ever been this year. The Woodcroft and the other coaching staff, they found what lines work the best. They, yeah. they found Hyman and Kane. Um, they have a role on, for them on the team where they actually are excelling at their best. 
and seeing that King got another hat trick in the Calgary series, that was a really huge um, motivation booster. And um, I mean, they, they found a way to stop Calgary and like, like you saw from the Calgary series, yeah. Um, Kachuk, Kadrow, they were all hopeless. They were like, you know, we had McDavid. They didn't say his name, but they basically said that McDavid was. <laughs> um, he they kept getting beat single handedly by McDavid each game. But I don't even think yeah. that's the case. No, it was definitely a team effort to beat Calgary. I think they're just still mad, salty, salty, salty flames. But I mean, yeah, just you guys want to cover the uh, actually before we do that. So we know the playoff matchup is between the Avs and the Oilers for the Western Conference Final to see who represents the West for the Cup. And recently we have seen Smith make some costly mistakes, whether it be just passing the puck or even the uh, Rasmus Anderson goal from, what, 100-some feet oh, away? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think we can afford to make those mistakes at an offense-heavy team like Colorado? Um, that's a really good question, and I was kind of thinking the same thing as you. Um, I think when you get that far in the playoffs, like small mistakes can really have a big impact. And Mike Smith, he's due for a couple of those. That's just that comes as a, a part of him being a puck player. It's it's gonna happen. Like we, we already know this, but um, I don't think he can allow for more than one of those to happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we we definitely can't afford. I actually seeing the resilience of this group. Maybe we can afford maybe one every two or three games. Something that may set us back, or, but because he saves us in many situations with the saves that he oh, makes, yeah. he makes a ton of incredible saves. So he, it just, um, yeah, he he saves us in many situations. So it's to have him make some sort of mistake right um yeah so i i think i don't think it'll cost us a series no not at all but i think he'll also be just like everybody else on the team he's gonna raise his level our game to the next level so we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see you know smith is sort of unpredictable but i i have faith in him i really yeah. do yeah i mean everyone left in the playoffs can score goals Every team that's made the playoffs can score goals. That's why they're in the playoffs. But the difference is the teams that know how to play defense in key situations. That's yeah. what makes a great team turn into an elite team. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't want to go back into the Tampa Bay conversation again, but, I mean, just looking at their defense and goaltending, that turned them into an elite team, and that's exactly why they beat Florida. Yeah, but, I mean, like, if you look at um, the Avalanche's defense court, it is deep. Deep. Like, everybody there can do what they're expected of. I feel like all of them can play semi-decent defense against McDavid. But the only thing is Edmonton, I feel, will still find a way to break through, whether it be through the depth guys or whether it be through McDavid. And the previous matchups we've seen this year, one, we beat them 6-3. One, we – and the other two, one-goal games, one lost in three-on-three overtime where Nurse had his helmet knocked off or ripped off by whoever, and then they got like a two-on-one or something and scored. So yeah. That, that was kind of a chintzy win. And then the other one was in shootout. So every single game we played these guys, we've either won or it's been really, really close. Yeah. I think people are under, underestimating the Oilers, and uh, we just beat Calgary in five. I, yeah, Calgary's yes. like a, a legitimate, um, like really good cup contender team for this year, 
and uh, we just we basically if they if you don't count that first game, we sucked them. Like Emerson's so, really grown a lot in the last month. Like going into the playoffs, I I mean I was very hopeful that they could go far, but I was not really expecting that Hyman to be one of our best players. Like I just see him put hundred twenty percent effort into every single play, every single minute on ice. He's putting 120% effort in. He's hustling. He's battling hard in the corners. He's doing all the little things that really make a big difference in a hockey game. So yeah, I mean, everybody hates on um, everybody hates on Duncan Keith, but I feel like he does bring some playoff experience to us and definitely helps out our team. Even even Kulak, I'd say Kulak definitely brings some playoff experience to our team. He went to the Cup with Montreal. Yeah. He knows what it takes to win a cup. He knows, I guess, almost how to make it to the cup. I think one thing that goes unnoticed is uh, Josh Archibald coming back. Yeah. Like, he wasn't with us the whole season, comes back for playoffs, and uh, whatever, because of the vaccine and stuff. But uh, he comes back back for playoffs, and he just – he brings a fiery aspect to the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, he doesn't have any points yet, which I'm sort of that's okay. Or, or he has one assist or something, but he doesn't have any goals. But that's not really his role. But he also, I, I, he, I seem like he could have had a few here and there, just didn't go his way. But definitely a big uh, addition to our lineup, uh, adding like a good depth player for yeah. sure. Being an impactful player is more than just getting points. Mm-hmm. It's the little things that lead to the points. Archibald being a scramble, I'd say third, fourth liner. He'll go when he's fearless. He'll hit anybody, and he'll make plays for his teammates. He's just a very uns- or, um, yeah, unselfish, uh, unselfish player. So yeah. it's someone you really need in a deep playoff run. And I think that whether it's or especially Ken Holland, he's made a lot of great additions this season by getting Evander Kane, Hyman, and Kulak. Yeah. So we're nearing so. our thirty-minute mark here. So. Do you guys just want to go into our predictions for the next round, or would you like to yeah, cover the, yeah, uh, like like the St. Louis Avalanche series? Yeah, not much to say. I mean, we know what happened. Like Colorado, yeah. better team on paper. Bennington got injured. Yeah, that's kind of it. And then on the Eastern Conference side of things, um, yeah. we already talked about Tampa and Florida, and um, we can talk about the New York Carolina one once that series is concluded. Yeah. But I think Tampa Bay has definitely got a huge advantage over those two teams. They have. They're the only team that actually has playoff experience, and that's it. Yeah, okay, so just going into our predictions, we don't have much time to cover why, but what are we thinking for predictions? Okay, so for me, I have Carolina winning this series uh, Monday. Yep, and then I have so, – so then that takes them to the uh, conference finals. So then from there – I have Tampa Bay in seven. I have Oilers in six. And I have Oilers in six winning the cup. Wow. Wow. That's bold. Very bold. Okay, anyways, Jokic, what are you thinking? Okay, so going to the playoffs, I probably would have picked Colorado over Edmonton. And when we actually made our, our initial bracket, we actually had the Avalanche being the Oilers. But after watching how the playoffs have gone so far, the Oilers have faced a lot more adversity than that. The Avalanche. So yeah. therefore, no, I think that they're going to beat them in about six or seven games. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Edmonton in seven, and I think New York beats Carolina on Monday, okay. and that Tampa Bay will beat them in six. All right. And who do you have for the cup right now? Um, I think. Well, it's gonna. I have Edmonton versus Tampa Bay, and 
I don't want to pick against the Oilers, but Tampa Bay just has the experience. So I'm going to pick Tampa Bay in seven or no, Tampa Bay in six. Yeah. Okay. Tampa yeah. That's six. 100% fair enough. So for me, I also think the uh, Rangers will also take the series on Monday. I feel like it'll definitely be a closer game, a low scoring one. Chesterkin MVP. Chesterkin MVP. But yeah, so I have Tampa Bay in five against the Rangers. I would have to take Edmonton in five as well. Wow. So, again, we have an Edmonton and uh, Tampa Bay matchup. And, I mean, I'm going to be very, very torn. It's a win-win situation. I mean, it's a win-win for me. I'm not going <laughs> to complain if one team wins or the other team wins. But just because of the playoff experience and the sake for the repeat, I think Tampa takes in five. Ooh. Wow. All right. Right. We heard it, guys. Yeah, so here's our predictions for the rest of the play. It'll be interesting to come back and see how accurate these are, kind of like what we did with the round one predictions. Watch Rangers just win it all. Yeah. Rangers and Avalanche finals. Mean, Bolton can Rangers get you far, but so can Vassie, letting, what, four goals on 196 shots in round two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so those are, I think those are fair predictions, a little bit biased here and there, but. <laughs> not so. biased at all. I no. said Tampa. I said in my own bracket, my personal bracket, I have Tampa going and winning the Cup. Okay, that's biased. Against so, the Avs. Edmonton's been really good. I can't really say it's biased. All right. Anyways, it was a fun podcaster core. Sucks that we could only make it around 30 minutes. I feel like we could have covered a lot more stuff. That's okay. We have the next episode. Yeah, we can save, uh, save the rest of it for the next episode. Yeah, I'd expect um, part three of our playoff series to come out next week. Yeah, next week. So expect that to come out around the end of round three. So we'll kind of go into more coverage then. But thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning thanks in. Thanks for and... tuning in, guys. Uh, hope you have a good day and or night, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah. yeah.